0: Welcome to this conversation. I'm your host, Teresa Keller. And my guest today is, oh my gosh, someone special. She is the conductor of Symphony of the Mountains. Her name is Cornelia Lamley-Orth. And she is spectacular. And I saw her and the symphony at Emory & Henry College for the last two years in December. And I'm sorry, it took me a year to get to you but welcome to this conversation cornelia thank you thank you good morning thank you for having me well you know you can probably describe this better than i can but you can hear beautiful music on cd's in television performances and in broadcast but it is different in that Not hall how no. is it that it's so magical well i think because music brings
1: people together and all types of people. I mean, already Haydn said music is the language that we all can understand. So I think with music, I mean, you saw as as an example in that uh, Christmas concert, we have people of all ages. Our youngest performer was probably four years old and the oldest 85, 86, 7, I don't know, almost 90. And also people who live in cities, people who live in the mountains, highly educated people, people who might not have finished high school, people of all colors, of all religions, I can name it. We have everyone come together through music and we don't even have to explain it. It's the energy. It's the energy that brings together the performers and the audience in a way that no CD or radio captures that spark.
0: You feel it in your bones. It brings tears to your eyes. And because you're there with all the people, you feel like you're just part of it. You are because
1: of performance. And that's what, what people oftentimes forgot. And that became so painfully clear during the pandemic. We are not just playing up there, but we play off the audience. We feel the audience and if they react to us then we play and perform better and that became so clear during the pandemic we were able to do this live stream and you know with the little boxes performances that's fine that's better than nothing but it's totally different and we took it for granted that we can play live music and then we realized well that's something so special and I hope we'll never forget
0: Oh, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the feeling. The first year my husband couldn't be there and I was raving about it. And so the second year I took him and he he agreed completely. Um, We're going to talk about dates and details, Mm -hmm. January the 27th specifically, which is coming up soon, which is a concert of Symphony of the Mountains in Kingsport, January the 27th at 7.30, But first, Cordelia. I want to know, you clearly do not have a Southern accent. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. <laughs> Tell us your background. Where were you born? What was your experience with music that brought you to a lifetime of it as a career? So
1: I was born and raised in Switzerland in a little village of at that time, I think about 1800 people. And in Switzerland, we believe that the recorder is the way to start Kids on Music. So every kid at uh, the age of seven in the first grade starts to learn recorder. You learn how to read music. You learn how to play. When I was eight, this guy came to our town, well, village, and he founded an orchestra. And again, orchestra in quotation marks. Everyone who played an instrument was allowed to be there. We had... I don't know, five trumpets, two percussion, seven pianos, flutes and horns, and you name it. But we had about 60 to 70 recorders.
0: You're talking about the little things that look like flutes. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Because every kid in Switzerland learns to play the recorder first. So he would write the music for us for this weird, strange combination and all kinds of styles. And we would tour, we would do concerts, we were on TV, we were in the radio. And he called this Tanto Presanto, this group. And I think that's when I started to really enjoy playing music. And then at nine, I started to learn the piano piano. And that was, I wanted to play the flute, but my parents said, well, we have a piano, you play the piano. <laughs> so I learned to play the piano, and, um, which was not always easy because the piano is very loud and I wanted to practice and my family, you know, was annoyed. So it, it was a bit tricky sometimes. But then uh, when I was 16, I got a new piano teacher and her name was Leonore Koch. And she was a Jewish woman who got deported by the Nazis during World War II. And then briefly before the end of the war was able to escape and uh, find a new home in Switzerland. So she was in one of those concentration camps and literally survived because of her music. She helped people who were there by playing for them, by giving them something beautiful but she also survived because she was able to play on a very high level. And uh, so she heard me warm up one time with the door half closed or half open. And she came in and she said, you know, I've never heard you play like this. You have a a musicality that you're not showing. This is a gift and not something that you hide. You can make a difference in people's lives. And that's how she, when she told me her story, And that has stayed with me since I was 16. I'm trying to bring music, and you know what we do with the orchestra, to people who might not have access otherwise, to rural areas, to kids. We now have a program for the unsheltered. So just to bring- Unsheltered
0: as in homeless.
1: Homeless, yes. And I'll talk a little more about that program later. So I, I think that's where that started. So then I got a master's in piano and in uh, music education and choral conducting. And I was teaching and conducting choirs and I got more and more in the, you know, you do an opera, you do a choral work with orchestra and got really fascinated with that. So then I went to Northwestern University in Chicago or Evanston and got my master's in orchestra conducting there. And then I was with the Knoxville Symphony and Oak Ridge Symphony and I was up in Ithaca, uh, upstate New York. So several different orchestras and and Symphony of the Mountains has been my home and my main orchestra for many years.
0: Well, how lucky for this area that you landed from your international background (laughs) here in this area. So let's just get a little specific about Symphony of the Mountains. It's a symphony. That means people are there who play all kinds of different instruments. How many people do you have in the orchestra? What what kinds of instruments? Is it professional? Are they paid? Is it volunteer? The Symphony of the Mountains is a fully
1: professional orchestra. Uh, they're paid. We uh, have musicians from around here, but then we have them from Boone, North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina, as far as Greenville, Knoxville, Tennessee. So it's a mix of people. And they come together for four days. So we usually, for a Masterworks concert, do four rehearsals, and then we do the concert. A holiday concert like you saw recently, we would do two rehearsals. So those people come in, stay here, some stay in family, some stay in the hotel, we rehearse and we do the concert. Several of our musicians are um, music professors like, for example, at App State in Boone or at UT in Knoxville. So everybody is fully professional. We are not just an orchestra and that's uh to me the crucial thing about Symphony of the Mountains, we have the three words, entertaining, educating, enriching. And all of those three words need to be present in all programs that we do. So for example, you mentioned the January 27th concert before. That is gonna be a side by side concert with young musicians. Next weekend, I will do, I call it a boot camp with about 50 young musicians. And we have some of our musicians there and I will work with them on a program of movie music then and they come from the whole region. And then uh, a week later, on on Saturday, the 27th, we bring them together with the full Symphony of the Mountains. And we rehearse that movie program, and then we play a concert together. So the entertaining factor, I don't really have to explain. The educating factor in this particular case is obvious. And the enriching is people come from all over the place, families of those kids who might not come otherwise. And we're hoping to enrich their lives. As of numbers, you asked how big the orchestra is. I'm sorry, I forgot to answer that. It depends on the program. So sometimes we take a small group that we can travel with easier. Sometimes it's 70, 80 people. It uh, it depends on what the program is and what the hall is we play in.
0: Your website is symphonyofthemountains.org. Correct. Can people get tickets there? Yep,
1: You can go there or you can call our office or you just come to
0: the hall and get it there. But the website is very easy to use. The January the 27th concert starts at 730 and it's at the Eastman Employee Center.
1: Yes. It has a title. Camera, light, action, all movie music.
0: Oh, wow. Won't that be fun? Oh, my goodness. How fun. How fun. All right. So January the 27th at 730. There's another one coming up on February the 10th called Our Voices Rise Together. I have a little note here that says that one's free. Where is that?
1: That one is free. That one is also at Eastman in Kingsport. And that one is very, very special to me. We did a similar concert in February 2020 as our last concert before the pandemic hit. And it brought the community together in a way that I just get goosebumps just talking about it. It is obviously uh, celebrating the Black History Month, and it is a collaboration with the Symphony of the Mountains and many, many choirs. We have a choir in our organization that is called Voices of the mountains. So that's a part of Symphony of the Mountains. They will perform Emory and Henry Choir will be a part of it. The UVA Vice Choir, ETSU, Gospel and International Choir, the Mountain Mission School Choir from Grundy, Virginia, the Unity Choir, which is a combination of several African-American church choirs they'll all be a part of this performance. We have two African-American outstanding soloists coming in from New York. Plus, we have invited all church choirs from our region to come in for one rehearsal and the concert to sing, Lift Every Voice and Sing, and Oh Lord, we praise you with, uh, with our orchestra. So when we did this last time, we had a sold out hall at Eastman and we're talking 1,700 seats. So we had 1,700 people singing side by side on their feet. And like the ETSU International and Gospel Choir is also going to be there. That is a mix of um, all um, nationalities that you can imagine. And then we have the church choir singing alongside with them and the Mountain Mission School Choir and the, the orchestra. I mean, it's just, it brings the community together in a way that only music can, I think. It's a free concert, so we want really for everyone to come. If somebody hears me talk right now and they're a part of their church choir, The music is easy. I mean, it's almost sight readable. Everybody knows, lift every voice and sing. And then the, Oh Lord, we praise you is literally eight bars that are repeated that we're gonna teach the audience. So if you are a part of a church choir and you hear this, please encourage your chorus director and your colleagues to reach out to us and uh, and to participate. And it doesn't have to be a whole choir. If only five, six of a choir would like to come, that's great. The more the merrier.
0: Incredible, and on that topic of the more the merrier, Emory and Henry McLaughlin Center of the Arts, where you performed for the last two years, was packed to yeah. the gills. I've never seen that place so full and so full of life. But Cordelia, I forgot to reintroduce you, Cordelia Orth, uh, conductor of Symphony of the Mountains. A little bird suggested to me that there was a possibility you might not come back to Emory and Henry because no, that's it was. Not true. Is that not true? No,
1: no. We love performing there. Actually, we're planning more concerts up there next season. No, I mean, before I'm not coming back to Emery & Henry, I would add a second performance. Emory, I mean, that hall, I think, is the most beautiful concert hall of our region. Not just acoustically, but to perform and to look at the staff is amazing. No, 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 that is definitely not true. We'll be back. We already have the date. So December the 8th is when we are having the holiday concert there.
0: Okay, December the 8th, 2024. Mark it down if you can get tickets. Yes. Get on- your tickets. No, they're not on sale yet. They're not you- <laughs> on sale yet. But the minute they get there, you should go yeah. to symphonyofthemountains.org. Were you also an opera singer? No. No. Uh,
1: no, I'm I like to sing because I uh I also have a master's in choral conducting and music education. So I I like to sing and I love working with choirs. But uh, no, I love to work with opera singers. I love to work with singers. Opera is my favorite thing ever. So that's maybe where that came from.
0: Yeah, I guess, I don't know, it's something that I was reading in your bio and it just said something about opera and I'm, I guess it was about conducting or...
1: Yeah, I conduct a lot of opera and we always try to do something here as well.
0: What should we know about what it's like? to be a conductor. We're doing this interview shortly after the release of the blockbuster hit Maestro. And we watched that story of this man consumed by music, consumed by conducting. What is it like that world of being a conductor with a professional orchestra?
1: It's a wonderful, absolutely wonderful. So first of all, the role of a conductor in the United States has changed over the past century. So it's not just the maestro on the podium, uh, who is only there for the music, but as a conductor of our size orchestra, that the music director conductor is involved in all aspects. And that is what I absolutely love. It's all about people. It's about My musicians, that's my first responsibility. It's our staff. It's uh, the audience. It's the voices of the mountains. It's our youth orchestra. It's all of our uh, outreach programs like the Path to Dignity. It's all about people. And it's such a variety of people from the big famous superstar soloist who performs with us to somebody we go to and play for in a homeless shelter. And they're all equally important to who Symphony of the Mountains is. If if I could just quickly talk about our new program called Path to Dignity. Uh, I started that in uh, about one and a half years ago and we're bringing live music to people who are unsheltered. And again, if you hear this and you know of a place where we could go uh, perform with a small group just reach out to our office please I always say I have the best seat in the house when I'm on the podium because I'm surrounded by the sounds and I have the best job because I get to interact with all of these people it's all it about
0: sounds, you you're an administrator it sounds like almost you're doing public relations you talked about this as a professional organization the money's got to come from somewhere and so you're probably doing a lot of fundraising
1: Yeah, we have a wonderful executive director. Actually, uh, we just switched from uh, Scott Edelman, who is going to seminary. He's moving up to Wisconsin. And now we have a new executive director. His name is Chris Sloan. So he uh, oversees all the administrative part of this organization. And yes, I'm involved in fundraising as well, because again, it's about people. And I know what I'm doing with the orchestra. So if I can talk to our donors about that, they they understand probably better what we are all around about.
0: Well, Cornelia, I don't want to embarrass you, but you have such style on that stage. Thank you. Does somebody teach you that or is that just natural to you?
1: That's probably my growing up in a little village. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: You know, it's funny that you say that because some people say to me, oh, you know, I'm just a hillbilly. And I'm a hillbilly even more, <laughs> just from bigger hills. So I, it's funny that you say that because. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, around these parts, we think people who have performed in Switzerland and Italy and New York and major cities around the world and around the country we we don't think of them as hillbillies well i am one from how i grew up and uh we live
1: here out in the country away from everything and i love that and you know look at our region and everything that is going on i mean i get that when i go somewhere i don't know i had another orchestra up in new york oh tennessee oh you must be so bored well look at everything you can do here at all the art, at all the performances. I mean, you have to make decisions on what you want to do because you can't do it all. I think there's much more here than people want to believe who don't live here.
0: Yes. I, I mean, I always say we're the center of the universe. People just yeah, don't know yeah. it. But okay, <laughs> back to your style, Cordelia. You tell some corny jokes on that stage. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What started that? It's a logistical thing. Ah, uh, in the in the Christmas concerts, people need to move around. People need to get up. People need to go to the microphone, and it's awkward if uh, if you just stand there and
0: wait. I said it. I said it. Corny jokes. I'm guessing you don't have a professional joke writer. Where do you, you know, get your jokes? No, and uh, it's it's
1: difficult because. I need to a know how long do I how long is it gonna take for a group to move from A to B? Then I I have to figure that out, and then I need to know okay it's so and so many seconds or a minute that I need to fill, and then I need to fill it up with something that hopefully somebody is gonna find funny in there, and then it started to you know especially with the Christmas concerts where there's so many kids the kids sometimes. You know, sent me an email with a joke, and but but coming up with those lines is, and then I I scripted and memorized it because yeah. <laughs> I yeah because it's all timed out, so it's really originally a artistic thing but now in some concerts when i don't talk we get emails where people ask if cornelia is not feeling well or <laughs> why <did she> talk?
0: <laughs> so. yes you audiences have come to expect it my guest again cornelia orth she's conductor of symphony of the mountains they have a concert coming up on january the 27th at 7 30 eastman Employees center all about music from movies you can get tickets and find out more information at symphonythemountains.org. And then even better, February the 10th, our voices rise together free at Eastman Employee Center. And it's in celebration of black history and bringing together choirs from all over the place. It's gonna be spectacular, I can only imagine. So thanks again for being here. You said we live. Do you wanna tell us anything about your family? So
1: I I grew up in Switzerland, so my family is all over there, but my husband and I are
0: here. Is
1: he a musician too? No, no. He's a chemist by background. He works at Eastman Chemical Company. And uh, I have horses. Really? Yeah, I have three horses. That's my big passion next to music. Frisian horses. That's the black ones with the long mane and the feather on the feet. And uh, we have a dog.
0: Full life. It sounds perfect, but now we got to get. We have to always have a little dirt on this show. You know, the audience wants a little dirt. You're a conductor. You have these talented musicians. Mm -hmm. What are the challenges that you have with those performers sometimes it can't all be perfect are there days when you just go okay you darn french horns i'm getting tired of you We want you to do this
1: first of all i don't believe that yelling at musicians is going to make them play better you know there's some conductors who are up there and who are nasty and i just don't believe in that Because my assumption is everybody uh, who is there wants to be there and they're giving their best. And that's one of the things, and that's the contrary of dirt, but that's one of the things I would like to say about the Symphony of the Mountains. It's all people who want to be here. And they are amazing musicians and they're nice people. We don't have any of the competition or the nasty talking behind each other's backs that a lot of other orchestras have. We don't have that. And I'm paying very, very good attention that it stays like that. There's no need to yell. I'm up there and I'm correcting people, but I'm doing that for the sake of the music and not because I have a big ego and everybody knows that. There are difficult situations. Like, let's say, a musician... Uh, is not up to the task anymore for health reasons, for uh, getting older or just other life situations where they can't practice anymore. And it's my job to, to figure this out. And I always say I can protect the individual until we hurt the group. So having conversations like that and figuring out how we can help that person Or is it time, you know, to retire? That to me is the most difficult thing because music, we identify so much with what we do. It's not just like, I don't know, I'm going to go mow the lawn. But but being a musician is such a, a crucial part of our lives that having those discussions can be very, very hurtful. I mean, as much as I... I'm trying to keep everybody's dignity in place. But that, to me, is one of the hardest things of the job. It happens very rarely, but if it happens, I struggle with it.
0: I'm wondering if part of the reason for that cohesion behind the scenes is because there aren't that many symphonies around. And these are top-of-the-line musicians, and it's a place for them to perform that they might not have otherwise.
1: Exactly, it's it's a big deal to get to perform here. It's by audition. Uh, when I have an opening, we're holding auditions, uh, so it's uh, it, it's hard to get in. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I forgot to ask you. You you're located in Kingsport.
1: Our office is in Kingsport, but we're regional, so we play. Uh, Kingsport, Bristol, Emory & Henry, Abingdon, up to Pound, Virginia, Jonesville, Virginia, Vice, Virginia, and then into North Carolina with uh, Banner Elk and Blowing Rock, North Carolina, Mountain City. We travel. We are all over the place. And being regional is a big deal for us because we can bring the music to rural parts of the Appalachian Mountains who otherwise most likely wouldn't
0: have access. And I think you said that when you're having a performance, that the rehearsals take place there at the place of the concert?
1: Yeah, like uh, if we play at Eastman, we rehearse at Eastman. Emory and Henry, we rehearse there. When we do outdoor concerts, we do six outdoor concerts in the summer or even seven Where we are on the road, we would rehearse either at ETSU or in Kingsport, so depending.
0: Well, I would just encourage listeners to pay attention, look for information about Symphony of the Mountains. Go to the website, see if you can get tickets to some of these wonderful performances. Cornelia Lamley-Orth is conductor. She is something else. You need to go watch her and see what she does with these fabulous musicians in this area. Cornelia Lamley Orth with Symphony of the Mountains. Thank you once again for being with me. What a delight. Thank you for having me. And thanks above all to the listeners for tuning in to this conversation. You can hear it at 90.7 Wednesday at six and it replays on Sunday at two. You can also find our podcast very easily. Just Google, search your podcast delivery site. You just have to say WEHC this conversation podcast, and it'll by golly pop right up there. So thanks again, everybody.